This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we'll show you how to go from employee truck driver to savvy business owner. And we'll do it together because we're starting our own trucking company, Holland Assets. So you'll get a front row seat through the whole process. Together with some experts in the field, we'll teach you how to set up a business, buy a truck, get your DOT and MC numbers, get insurance, and a lot more. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Holland Assets Episode 5. I am Craig and over there, Chris, welcome back. It's good to be back. And today we are going to talk about buying a truck. This is the episode I have been waiting for for a very, very long time. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this just because I'm fascinated by the the concept of buying a truck. Uh, It's something I uh, hadn't thought about before I met you, Chris. But uh, before we get there, Tell me a little bit about how things are going with uh, the Holland Assets business side of things and uh, and what you've been up to lately. It's it's going pretty well. This is the first time we've sat down in front of Mike's for three weeks. Yeah, about three weeks because I've been on the road for the last three weeks and I'm a rookie, but it's been fun. I've had a lot of fun experiences, um, met some interesting people on the road, uh, had some great experiences with uh, other truck drivers and and some not so great experiences <laughs> with other truck drivers. So wait, you mean truck drivers are just like everybody else and there's good ones and bad ones? There's good ones and bad ones, happy <laughs> ones and honorary ones. So what what yeah. happened? Well, give me give me the bad first. Let's All right, start the there. bad ones. So this was actually my very last delivery that I did just a couple days ago was to the Costco distribution center here in Salt Lake City. And I, I have a delivery scheduled for six o'clock in the morning. They open up at five. The um, broker that I was hauling the load for said, you, you know, get there 530-ish and, and they should be able to unload you pretty quick. So I get there actually more like 515. And because they just opened up at five, everybody and their mother was there to unload at the same time. So they've got this staging area where you go park and then you go into the guard shack and check in. So I get over to the staging area and it's chuck full. There's no place to park. And so in front of the staging area, there's a curb that you, that there's already like three other trucks parallel parked on this curb. So I go and parallel park on the curb um, in front of the other three trucks and then go into the guard shack, check in, get back out of my truck, you know, as I'm waiting for them to assign a door to me. And I'm, I'm there for maybe another 10 or 15 minutes. And all of a sudden somebody just comes up with the flat of their hand and just wraps on the side. Yeah. Yeah. 50 times louder than that <laughs> on the side of my sleeper. And I'm in the, in the sleeper, um, working on some things on my laptop scares the crap out of me. And so I go to the, to the door and there's a driver out there just yelling and cursing at me, calling me every name in the book. And, um, you know, tell me this isn't a parking spot. You can't park there. Well, well there's literally nowhere else to park. And yeah, it is not like a designated parking area, but there's nowhere else to park. And on top of that, like I am far enough away and all the other trucks that are parallel parked just like me are far enough away that we're not impeding anybody from going anywhere. Right. So because this guy is like, I mean, he's being a total jerk because he's being a jerk. That kind of brings the jerk out of me a little bit. Oh, wait, and, you mean you and everybody else in the world? Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, so the last thing I want to do is like be helpful to this guy because he's just, I mean, I, I he wouldn't let me get in an edgewise, explain myself, nothing. He's just like going off. So, you, you know, turns his back on me, not even saying anything, runs back to his truck and pulls, you know, he's, I guess he gets a door, pulls his truck out right away before I even really have a chance to move. And I mean, he, he had like 10, 15 more feet of space that, that unused the, between him and me as he's pulling out. So, I mean, I'm not impeding him in any way, shape or form. And he's so, just being a jerk. He's just being a jerk. So it, it, this clearly was not a morning person. No, obviously not. Got up on the wrong side of the bed. <laughs> There's only one side There's, of the bed in a sleeper. There I've is seen only this. one side. I, <laughs> um, well, that's, uh, that's interesting. So, but you said there were some good folks on the road as well. There were some good folks. So I, I am a rookie driver. I've, I've been backing trailers, you know, since before I even had a driver's license on a farm so, you know, I, I was good so at backing those. I get the concept, but back in a 53 foot trailer, it's a totally different thing. It reacts slower. It's just, it's different. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not a polished veteran backing into a door. So the first time I have to do a 90 degree blind back 
is I think it was in Houston. I can't remember for sure where it was. I don't know exactly what that is, but it sounds nerve wracking. It's nerve wracking. And so you're basically having to turn the truck at a 90, the trailer at a 90 degree on your, the passenger side. So you can't ah, see what you're doing. Gotcha. And so I'm doing this and you know, I, I've probably been doing it for a minute and you, you know, obviously you can tell I'm, I'm getting closer, but I, I'm, I'm having to get out and look a lot and it's slow there, luckily there's not a whole, I'm not impeding a whole lot of traffic, but there's a guy parked in a door next to me. He gets out, he comes up to the window and I'm, and I'm rolled down the window. I'm like, I'm a rookie. And he goes, you know what? I've been doing this 30 years and I still like having somebody spot me. It's always good to have an extra pair of eyes. Can I give you a hand and spot you? And, which he did and helped me get back in just, and he was so nice about it. You know, like making me feel comfortable, not making me feel like an idiot because I can't back in right yeah. the first time and gave me some pointer just, and just super nice about it. And I had that happen twice on, you know, this, this first three weeks, you know, guys doing that. And, and, you know, I guess what I would say is, you know, be patient with us rookies and, you know, it, it's going to lower your blood pressure if you're not getting upset over every little thing like, <laughs> you know, the first guy did. I, and I can't thank those guys enough that, that helped me out. That, it's super nice when people treat you like that. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, that, that's a rule for life as much as it is for trucking, but just, uh, you know, be nice out there. Yeah, I think that karma comes back to you. I'm sure that guy is probably has a rough life. I mean, if he, if he treats people like that all the time, I mean, it's, you're going to have a rough life. Right, right. Well, I... Uh, Let's let's dive into this episode, buying that truck that you've been doing these uh, blind 90s on. That's what I'm calling them. I, I don't know what they're really called. Uh, but uh, before we get into that, I do want to remind everybody that you can get the show notes for this and all other episodes at hollandassetsllc.com. No G, Chris. No G. Hollandassetsllc.com is where you can get the show notes. You're going to find a lot more information on the stuff that we talk about. Uh, the adventures that Chris is having, uh, you know, out on the road and getting everything set up business-wise, uh, all that stuff is going to be found there. So we hope you'll visit us there if you have any further questions. And of course, you can contact us as well. So now today, what are we covering? We are covering buying the truck. Right, right. Okay. And this is, but that's a, that's a very simplified way of saying it. I'm sure we're going to get into some We're going to get into some good details. Some good, yeah. some good details here. Okay, yeah. so good. And uh, it's, a, it's a super important episode because, I mean, this is probably, if not the most important decision you're going to make, one of the very most important decisions is is what truck you get because it, it has such a big impact on on everything that you do. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever heard the story. Uh, I know Stephen Covey used to tell it, and he probably got it from somewhere as well about the woodcutter that was trying to chop down a tree. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so let me see if I can remember this. Uh, I read The Seven Habits for Highly Effective Teens oh. because I was a troubled teen, apparently, <laughs> and, I, and I, needed, uh, I needed guidance. Uh, so two woodcutters, uh, they've each got an axe, and one of them takes the time to sharpen it, and the other one doesn't because it's a waste of time. Yeah. And uh, the one who stops to sharpen his axe cuts down twice as many trees because his axe is sharp, yeah. etc. Even right? though he takes that time out, he cuts the tree down much more quickly. Absolutely. So the, you know, the, the point with that, or one of the points with that and kind of relating it to the truck is that truck is your tool. And the one woodcutter had an ineffective tool because it wasn't sharp. And, and it, the same thing kind of happens with the truck. If you buy the wrong truck, that's not the right tool for the job, you're going to have a really hard time and you're going to struggle. So it's super important that you get the right tool up front so that you can be successful in your business. Yeah, yeah. Now, in episode four, you talked about changing the mindset, going from a driver to an owner, and I have to assume that that is going to play into this as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's that, That's kind of an absolutely critical thing is to have that business owner mindset. You can't um, just think about the truck as a driver. You know, what's the coolest thing to drive? What's the best looking thing to drive? You know, what's kind of the the truck of my dreams because the truck of your dreams might not line up with um you know what's uh what's feasible for what's you what's feasible and what's going to make you the most money and ultimately you know you you also can't think well I'm just going to buy the cheapest thing out there because it's going to save me money you, that's where you've got to have that minor that that owner mindset and think about what is going to give me the best return on my money long run and what's going to make the most sense financially in the long run yeah, I mean, in that way, it kind of sounds a bit like anybody buying uh, any car or any home or 
you know any large investment where you can't just it's not one or the other it's not go get the ferrari and it's also not get the 300 lemon on whatever lot right yeah, yeah there's that a balance. lot of times it's somewhere in the middle i mean you take for example you go out and you buy a a, a truck that's got eight hundred thousand miles on it already you know you could be you know five thousand miles away from an engine blown and then all of a sudden you're out 50 15 to thirty thousand dollars with an engine rebuild and and that's one of those things that in that first year is going to absolutely kill you if you have to go through that yeah so i mean you've got your truck now uh, how's it running so far so far it's been great okay and good. we'll talk a little bit about you know about what, the one that you got the one that i've got at, at the end we'll we'll kind of we're gonna, we're gonna ease into that right now yeah uh, we're gonna man. We'll, at the end of the episode we'll we'll uh let everybody know what i got and why uh, well thanks a lot for making me wait <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've seen it, but I don't know anything about it. So uh, I say, yeah, I'm excited to learn more about that. Yeah. Um, Oftentimes, so you, you take for example, I was I was with a let's talk mileage. I okay. was with a client um, or ran into a, a, one of our clients, um, a guy that we've worked with a little bit when I was at a uh, receiver. We were both delivering a load to the same place at the same time, and and got talking a little bit about your life on the road and how it's been for me so far. I mean, this was really in the first week or two that I was on the road. And, um, you know, he was talking about how he struggled a little bit with his truck and he bought a higher mileage truck. And over the last two years, he's put $80,000 into repairs on that truck. And oh. that's, I mean, that, that that's more than I paid for my truck. He, he got it really cheap, but it's caused them some issues because he's spent a ton of repairs on it because it's older, he can't, he actually can't, he's hauling um, dry van stuff. And one of the advantages of a dry van is you typically can haul more weight. Well, his truck won't allow him to even haul as much weight as I can with my reefer unit because he puts in a, you know, 40,000 pound load and he can't get up a hill. And so he, he's limited himself a lot on the load. Right. So there's, there's it, it's causing him, him a lot of issues because he, he, uh, I don't think bought the right truck. You know, I, I've always been a fan. Yeah, I, I and I understand that this only goes so far, but I've always loved the phrase "you get what you pay for," uh, because it it does it talks about that balance, and you don't want to end up like this guy who spent eighty thousand dollars in two years. That just sounds it's that sounds like a nightmare it for is, an, an, yeah. a business owner. Uh, so that's all your profits going out the door right there. Well, uh, well, who needs those? <laughs> that's the whole point of this, Craig. Oh, right. Okay, right. <laughs> Oh, you're the business guy. I don't need to know about profits. I, I, don't, I don't understand that stuff. So, uh, okay. So let's talk about why you went with a used truck at all. Because if we're talking about a truck that's going to work well for you, my thought as you were talking about that was, well, why don't you just get a new truck? It's going to run great. It's going to run for a long time. Why not just get a new one? That's, you know, that's a great question. And, you know, that's kind of really the first question you have to answer for yourself when you're ready to buy a truck. Am I going to get something new or am I going to get something used? And for somebody that's just step, stepping into the business, I mean, it, it's for, unless you've got some kind of, you know, big inheritance that you got or you won the lottery, you're not going to be able to afford to buy a brand new truck. Cause I mean, uh, those things are, what's a, what's a brand new truck? Right? 150 to 200,000 bucks. Ooh. And on top of that, it, it's not just the monthly payment on that thing. It's you've got to come up with, you know, roughly in most situations, 10% down. So you're talking 15 to $20,000 down payment um, on on one of those trucks minimum. And, and a lot of times, especially if you're new, you're talking more like a 20% down payment. And so then you're talking 30 to $60,000 down payment that's which just, if you're if you're just starting out of the gate that's you're not uh, gonna have it yeah it's a no and I, so i i didn't have it I, I wasn't gonna do that that wasn't really an option for me so the new versus used was a really easy question to answer used was really my only option right and and it sounds like that would probably be the case for most people transitioning from driver to owner right for sure um i i suppose like you said it's possible somebody nabbed a sweet inheritance and and that's a possibility but uh, but not so much for you. So if it's uh, if it's not possible, uh, you got to move on to a used option. And so that's what you went with. And uh, tell me a little bit. Oh wait, no, dang it, we can't talk about the truck you got. You're killing me, Chris. Uh, you're killing me. Well, we can, we can. So we can talk a little bit about what made me decide mileage range of okay, what sure. to get. So I talked to a bunch of mechanics 
um, a bunch of other people in the industry that have bought some used trucks to try to find, okay, well, where's that sweet spot of mileage? You know, something that has enough miles on it that it's not going to break the bank to be able to buy it, but something that's still going to have a, a lot of good life in it. So after talking to a bunch of people, I kind of came in this range of I wanted to get something between four and 500,000 miles. And, and actually finding trucks around that 500,000 mile range is pretty easy because most of the major fleets, the, the warranty on most stuff runs out at the 500,000 mile mark. So most big fleets are turning their trucks in that they bought new around that 500,000 mile mark. Yeah, and again, that kind of sounds familiar. That's what some car owners do if they're buying a new car. They'll take it back and sell it back to the dealership you know, right before that warranty runs out or, you know, like going and buying a used car from a rental car dealer, um, where they, they renew their fleet every so often. Right. And so, yeah, it kind of sounds like a similar situation. And just like with, with your personal car, you can buy an extended warranty. And, and did you? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something you recommend? I, I looked at it and I think, yes, I, it's not one of those things that I'm super passionate that you have to buy one, but it gives you that peace of mind. So I, I, I ended up buying a, a two year, 250,000 mile extended warranty. So I've got a warranty up to 750,000 miles for the next two years. And, th- and that just lets me know that I'm, I'm protected against one of those really big expenses. You know, I'm still going to have, there's still going to be some repair things that aren't covered under warranty, but they're going to be smaller and it's not going to be one of those things that breaks the bank and puts me out of business. Right. And so if that's the, why I the, ended up doing it. If the engine suddenly turns to scrap at 550 or 600, yeah. you're, you'll, and it'll suck, but you'll be okay. You've got two options. You can either do a one-year warranty for 125,000 miles or a two-year warranty for 250. The one-year warranty, if I remember right, was about 4,000 bucks and the two-year warranty was just like another 2,500 bucks. So I ended up going with the two-year yeah, just to be economical. Yep. So, uh, okay, so now you've got you've chosen the truck and everything's going well, but what's uh, what's kind of the most surprising thing, the most eye-opening thing that you've learned up to this point in the process? Just basically how hard of a decision it was to make. Um, you know, it, it's kind of funny because I, I, I've talked to a bunch of friends that are in the industry and, you know, I'd, I'd ask them what their recommendation was as far as brand. And the first three people I talked to, the first guys I like, you got to get a Peterbilt. You can't get anything but a Peterbilt. And so I, you know, I'm okay, great. That sounds good. I like Pete's. They're good. They're good trucks, good reputation in the industry. Go to talk to my next friend. You know, you got to buy a Freightliner. Freightliners are great trucks. They're not super expensive. They're really easy to repair. You can repair them anywhere. You got to get a Freightliner. I'm like, okay, well, so now I have Pete's or Freightliners. And then the third guy I talked to is all like, you got to get a Kenworth. So, you know, right off the bat, I'm getting three different opinions from three different people and they're all three different trucks. It's like the Ford Chevy Dodge thing, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Everybody's uh, kind of got their own opinion and, and, you know, talking, I, I look at my, you know, friends in the industry that owns trucks and do things and I, I definitely value their opinions, but I, I also really value mechanics opinions because they're the ones that work on them day in and day out and can tell you, you know, the good and the bad and the ugly of each, um, each make and model. And, you know, in the reality, after talking with everybody, I, I knew I was either going to get a Freightliner, a Peterbilt or a Kenworth. And I wasn't really super brand loyal on one of those. The, the one brand that I did kind of say, you know what, I don't think I want to get is a Volvo. And it's not because they're bad trucks, they're good trucks. But my, my biggest fear with Volvos where I'm a small guy, um, there, there's not as many places where you can take them to get repaired and I was worried about, you know, I don't have my own shop. I, I, I don't have a place to really repair it. I've got to rely on other people. And those other three makes have a, a definitely a, a bigger array of places that you can go to get repairs done. Right. But uh, but I, I understand that Volvos are pretty nice trucks. They are nice trucks. And you know what really kind of made me sad is, is Volvo actually had the best interior, the interior that I like the most. They've got this one set up where instead of on, on the bottom bunk, they've replaced it with a, a table, kind of like you see in an RV. You know, there's a, a workstation, a table with a bench on each side of the table, which would have been awesome for me as an owner-operator. I'm on my computer a lot doing things, and uh, I wish I had that. I can't believe the other makes don't have that kind of thing. Yeah, well, take note. I'm sure they're listening, Chris. Yeah, l- listen, guys, that, that needs to 
Kenworth Peterbilt and Freightliner. You need to get that set up too. <laughs> uh, okay, so how did you end up deciding which one to go with? And and one at, at some point in this episode, I get to ask what you went with. But okay, so <laughs> at some did, point, I will allow that. Yeah. <laughs> how did you decide? So I'm a nerd. I, I built a spreadsheet. I, I I like spreadsheets, and so wait, I, the I, small business owner likes spreadsheets. The small business owner really get out likes of town. spreadsheets. Yeah, the guy with the finance degree really <laughs> likes spreadsheets. Imagine that. So I I built this spreadsheet to kind of help me evaluate. Um, you know, the different trucks I looked at. Cause I, I ended up looking at over 20 trucks. I'm going to post the, the, um, spreadsheet on the website so people can go look at it and use it if they want, or they can adapt it, download it, adapt it and, and make some changes to it. Cause I, you know, different things are important for different people. So I kind of looked at the things that I thought that were the most important to me. Well, you know, I, I can tell you that as a linguistics guy, all this talk of spreadsheets is making me break out in hives already. <laughs> uh, but okay, but so what did you look at? What are the categories we're looking at here? All right, before we kind of really get into the nuts and bolts of the spreadsheet, I, I kind of want to talk about, I after talking with everybody, there were kind of three things that I decided that were really critical in making this decision. So the first was I wanted to be able to get a truck that was going to do the job I needed it to do. Second was to buy a truck that wasn't going to cost me an arm and a leg to own. And this is really probably the most critical piece is that operating cost, the, you know, the purchase price, the operating cost, you know, the factors that go into that. And then finally was just really the, the third thing were the creature comforts that you wanted. So really, you know, what was in that uh, sleeper piece of the cab and, and did it have what I wanted there? And that was kind of your lowest tier. Yeah, that was probably the least important, but you know, it's still something that you you wanted to have. Sure, sure. No, that makes sense. I've watched all the HGTV shows where they talk about uh, your priorities. Th- this is the same, the, right? A- absolutely. Yeah. Totally the same. Totally okay. the same. So, you know, first talking a little bit about that thing where um, you know some trucks are better at doing the job than other trucks. You take, for example. Um, some trucks are really good at hauling extra heavy loads. You you take a Pete 379 with a you know 600 horsepower cat engine. It's got four axles and a double frame, and it's going to be really good at hauling those extra heavy loads. But it's not going to be the best truck for the type of thing that I want to do, the over the road you know hauling a reefer stuff. Because first, that truck's super heavy, so it you know it, it may weigh. 40,000 pounds just by itself by itself with a trailer whereas my truck weighs more like 35,000 pounds with a truck and trailer and so you know if it weighs 5,000 pounds more that's 5,000 pounds less of stuff that you can haul and so all those loads that where they're trying to cram it as as full as they can and put as much weight on as it as they can you're not going to be eligible for and so it's it's going to limit you well and fuel economy I would imagine on top of that yeah that's not going to be the most economic fuel wise uh, vehicle out there. And so again, that's where you're competing. If you're getting five miles of the gallon and the bigger fleets that you're running against are getting seven miles of the gallon, you're just not going to be able to compete and it's, you're not going to be able to make money at it. So, you know, that kind of thing is super critical. Yeah. And, and so what other things are we looking for? Um, you know, I, I knew I wanted to have a sliding fifth wheel, you know, especially if you're going into California and, and you've got to be able to adjust your, uh, your fifth wheel a little bit to, adjust your weight some um and and obviously a sleeper gotta have a sleeper for if you're doing over the road stuff yeah and i mean you are going long distances uh what 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 was what's the longest you've done so far uh houston to portland okay that's not a bad trip that is a pretty good trip it was a lot of miles (laughs) no kidding yeah Yeah, you're racking them up with that uh and you mentioned uh you know that obviously you want to get a truck with all this stuff that's not gonna cost you an arm and a leg right yeah absolutely that that operating cost is is super critical yeah and it's exactly it's not just the upfront cost it's the operating cost going forward so you're talking about fuel economy and and being able to uh, fit more in your load than you would otherwise if you had a super heavy truck to begin with uh yeah that's really interesting stuff so uh (laughs) let me guess the third one uh is you want to make sure that you can uh, deck it out with the sweet chrome all the all the nice what do you call them christmas lights (laughs) the nice running lights all that stuff you gotta you gotta build that into the cost Um, no 
probably not. Maybe maybe once you've been on the road for a couple of years and you have nothing but lots of money to spend on on your truck, you can spend <laughs> on those kind of things. But yeah, there's there's really kind of three main factors that you've got to consider as far as the operating cost or the cost of the truck. You know, the first one is that that initial purchase price. The second one is the operating expenses, um, and, and the third one is really the resale value on the truck. That's what in the industry they call the total cost of ownership. And and we're not I'm I'm really not going to talk a whole lot about the resale piece, but we'll talk a little bit about that upfront cost and then the the operating cost that the that you mentioned. All right, so we've talked about the upfront cost. You you've talked about that a little bit. That seems pretty self-explanatory, right? Uh but it's about more than just the raw cost and even more than just uh you know giant operating cost numbers. It's going to be hard to to come up with a number of this is going to cost me X number of thousand dollars per year. Yeah. And it's kind of tricky because, you know, you're going to look at a truck that let's say you look at a truck that's got 500,000 miles that sells for um, $50,000 where you've got a truck that's got 400,000 miles on it that's selling for $60,000. How do you compare those two differences? You know, one's less expensive, it's got more miles versus one that's more expensive with fewer miles. So the way that I kind of, this is where my spreadsheet starts to come in is, is and I, where, and where I start itching is where you start itching, but it, it's important because that's where I use the spreadsheet to kind of say, okay, how do I differentiate the, the higher mileage, lower cost versus lower mileage, higher cost. And so what I did is I created a, a, a column on the spreadsheet that kind of analyzes the, cost per mile of the useful life left in the truck. And and I kind of just used a subjective number. I said the, the life of the trucks, a million miles. Now, some trucks are going to get a little more than that. Some trucks are going to do less. But for the sake of the spreadsheet and being able to compare things, I used that million mile mark. So what I basically did was created a formula on the spreadsheet that would show, um, it, you know, if I paid $60,000 for a truck with 400,000 miles on it, how many how much was that costing me per mile versus oh, okay. one that i bought at 500,000 miles for only $50,000 how much was that costing me per mile up to that million mile and and, and so that's, and that's going to be a much easier number to digest right you're talking cents per mile yeah at that yep. point right yeah so okay. you, you take for example let, let's just use an example let's say you've got two freight liners that are exactly the same except for the first one has 400,000 miles cost $70,000 and the second one has 500,000 miles, but only cost $65,000. So the first one has about 600,000 miles of life left. And that calculates out to be about 12 cents a mile. With that, uh, what, what was our difference in cost? 5,000 bucks? 5,000 bucks. Okay. Yep. And the second one has about 500,000 miles left on it or 13 cents a mile. So even though that um, the first one is going to be cheaper, or yeah, the first one at twelve cents a mile. Uh, even though that doesn't sound like much, twelve cents versus thirteen cents. When you're going to put another five hundred to six hundred thousand miles on the truck, that's going to add up. That's what ten grand. It, it is. It's going to add up, and you know, plus that. Even though that second one has a, a a little bit higher price, the mileage, the the amount per mile left of useful life is lower. And so in, in reality, that one may be a better deal for you. Uh, and so it, it, it's the, the confusing, spreadsheet, Chris, you're killing it me. is confusing, but that's where the spreadsheet kind of, you can, you can pull it up and look at it. And all you have to do is plug in the, the price of the vehicle and the spreadsheet will automatically calculate it. And then you can, you can just use that as a comparison tool. That's not going to say that that necessarily means that that truck with a lower per mile, cost is the one the right one to buy it's just a a, a a factor that can help you make a better decision okay, interesting so and and this spreadsheet you went to all this trouble to create this spreadsheet you're going to share this out we're going to let Absolutely. people yep. let it'll people be on have the a website look. for sure uh, and this one is going to be this one's at motorcarrierhq.com is that right yep okay so we've got our show notes and i'm sure we'll have a link to yeah this, it'll to there'll it there be a well. link in this in the show notes Mo most of the tools that we talk about on the podcast are going to be on the motor carry HQ website, but the, you know, the, they'll all be linked in the show notes on the Holland, no G assets, LLC.com podcast <laughs> site. Uh, we, we really should have just call it, called it hauling assets. Uh, just, just to avoid the confusion. No, but it's, it's much cooler this way. It's much cooler this way. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> all right. So what else, uh, do you want to go over? What else did you try to use? 
uh, to figure out which truck was going to cost you the least. Or, and it's, again, like you said, it's not necessarily which one is going to cost you the least. That might not be the only thing that you considered. What yeah. what else are you? So step one was, you know, really to kind of limit that upfront cost and get the best value as much as you can. Step two is really talking about buying a truck that won't cost you an arm and a leg to operate. And there's really three big operating costs for any truck. So the first one's fuel, the second one's maintenance, and the third one's repairs. We'll talk a lot about fuel and repairs, but not a ton about maintenance because really the, the maintenance piece is going to be the same uh, across most trucks. There's not a big difference between how much an oil change in one truck costs versus the oil change in another truck the tire wear, all that kind of stuff, brake wear, not, not a huge difference from, from one brand or one truck to another. So fuel, obviously super important and um, repairs are important. So let's talk a little bit about repairs first. One of the big things, especially with these newer trucks, that is a big maintenance expense or repair expense is the, um, what the DPF. So New trucks have a very elaborate exhaust system to help control pollution. And the bit with the big piece of that is called the DPF or the diesel particulate filter. And that whole system on a new truck, I um, believe it or not, is costs about twenty to thirty thousand dollars. It's Wait, a, seriously? It's a big expensive like piece of a truck. Of yeah. What you're it, talking about. It is. Wow. And so you don't want to be having to repair that any more than you need to. And, and they can be very problematic, you know, especially on, on some newer engines, you know, back in, you know, 2010 to 2013, 14, when these things were really starting to come out to a certain extent um, heavily. And so there were some big changes made to them. Some makes and models and engines are really having a big problem with them. So you need to be careful with them. Um, one of the things that's really bad on DPFs and, and that whole exhaust system are trucks that get idled a lot. When you idle them, the exhaust system doesn't get hot enough to, for the system to work really well. And it clogs up that DPF and it causes all kinds of problems. So one of the factors that I decided that was going to be important for me was a truck that hadn't idled a ton. And, and how do you tell that? Is that just logged? There's a, it is actually the, the, you can look on a truck and you can see the number of hours that the engine is run versus the number of miles that are on the truck. Ah. So one of the things that I looked at is I, I created in the spreadsheet another formula that took into account the number of hours and the number of miles. And it basically, there's a, there's a column that shows how many miles were driven per hour the truck was in operation. And, and that varied quite a bit. It actually varied from... Um, I think the lower end was about 20 miles per um, per hour. And on the higher end, it was closer to 50 miles per hour. And, and so, so that, what, what are you looking for? So I'm looking one that's got a higher mileage range. So more, more miles run under fewer hours. That just, that just shows that it's obviously not being idled a ton. And, and another way that you can kind of tell too is if, if a truck's had an APU, the auxiliary power unit, it doesn't have to be idled as much because when the driver's asleep, the APU's running and keeping the truck cool or hot, and uh, it's not having you're not having to idle the truck to manage that climate in inside of the truck. So that that was a good indicator. You know, if it's had an APU, it's probably not going to be um, have nearly as many hours on it. And uh, and tell me more about what what does APU stand for? You said auxiliary, auxiliary power, power unit. unit. So it's like a generator that yeah, yeah. runs the electrical system and the heating and cooling inside of the truck. And are you looking as carefully at the APU as you were at this? Uh, <laughs> no, not all trucks have an DPF. APU. So not not all trucks have a have an APU on them. Some some fleets run their trucks without them and they just get idled a bunch. Right. Um, so was I looking at them? Yes, that that was, we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, but an, an APU for me was an important factor. I wanted to have it. Okay. And some, some fleets will run their truck with an APU, but they'll pull the APU off when they sell the truck and, and put, put it, it on, on their next truck. Yeah. So, you know, that's another thing you kind of have to look out for is, is maybe it had an APU. It just doesn't have one right now. Wait. And it's pretty easy to tell. Yeah. What does, uh, what does a new APU run if you have to put one on? About ten to $12,000. Oh. So they're not cheap. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. No wonder they rip them off and put them on another truck. Yep. All right, so what else are you doing to keep repair costs down? Any other tidbits? 
Yeah. So there, there's definitely a few more things that, that were really kind of important to me. Um, we, we talked already a little bit about the mileage. I, I obviously wanted to get that truck that's in that four to 500,000 mile range. Um, a, another thing that's really important too, is the fleet that it came from. A lot of the times the, the, um, dealership that you buy a truck from will be able to tell you what fleet operated it. And some fleets have a much better reputation of doing a good job of keeping up with those, um, preventative maintenance things, doing oil changes every 20,000 miles instead of every 40,000 miles. You know, if they're running the truck governed, it's running at a slower speed, which is easier on the engine. It's easier on the suspension. You know, you're not going over, you know, it, it actually makes a big difference if you're going over bumps at 65 miles an hour versus 75,000 miles an hour. So all those things kind of factor <laughs> if you're doing, into it. If you're doing 75,000 miles an hour oh, in your said? truck, uh, <laughs> you, you you're delivering loads, a lot of loads, really fast, huh? Uh, Seventy-five miles an hour. I mean, yeah, I knew what you go. meant, but still. Well, it, thanks, thanks. It for was a fun it image. I, you know, this. Uh, did you ever see Spaceballs? Uh, yeah. Now I've got this maximum image plaid. Yeah, exactly. driving, that's, I'm driving maximum plaid. Is what I'm doing. Awesome. Uh, okay. What was it? Yeah, you had a third thing, right? Uh, yeah. So the third thing is that that I think is really important is I took the truck to an independent mechanic and I had a dyno done. And I had them look it over. I had them do a full DOT inspection. You know, I had them do that on both the truck and the, the truck I ended up buying had an APU, putting in a little teaser here, had an APU on it. So I had them check out the APU as well. Um, and, and all of that cost me $425.66, but that's well worth it. The dyno checked out. It was getting more than the horsepower that it was rated for, you know, more than kind of what the, they were expecting. And, and the mechanic looked at it and said, you know, obviously this came from a fleet that takes really good care of their trucks. He said, it's in great shape. Um, that peace of mind is important. So that, and that 400 and some odd bucks that you spent on that, uh, I mean, you had, you had already done your research. And I, so that you was had like, a pretty good idea. I, I was going to buy that truck unless the mechanic saw issues with it. Okay. So I, so it's by not that like, point, it's not like, yeah, you know, I kind of like this truck. Oh, maybe I'll send it to my mechanic. Uh, that's not that's not what you're talking about here. It's it's almost like this is the last step of the decision. This, that was the last step. I knew at that point that I was gonna buy the truck. Nice. Okay. All right. Uh, well, so it sounds like there are yeah a lot a lot of things to consider, a lot of steps to take. Uh, again, you know, people are gonna be able to see those steps that you took in the show notes at hollandassetsllc.com. Uh, but yeah, what else do we want to talk about, Chris? Well, I, I just kind of want to really quick reiterate that, that, you know, buying that truck is, is really one of the biggest, most important things that you're going to do. And I've, I've got this theory, you know, I've seen clients over the years, one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest reasons that they go out of business, you know, whether it's in that first year or that second year is because of a big expense that comes up because they bought a truck that was really old. Um, you know, blown engines, blown transmissions, even sometimes just having to replace the turbos is more than, than somebody can come up with. So that's why I think it's important that you go into this and you buy a truck that doesn't have too many miles. Even if that means, you know, say right now today, you could afford to buy a truck that's got 800,000 miles on it. I, I think in most situations you're better off save money for another year or so and get to that point where you can buy a truck that's got fewer miles. And it's going to be kinder it's, to It's you. going to be kinder. It's going to it, it's going to increase your chances of success cuz it does you no good if if you buy something that causes you to go out of business in that first year. You're just you're better off being a little bit of patient and 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 being able to afford that truck that is going to last you for at least a good 2 or 3 years. And before I forget, actually, this is something that you have brought up on a previous episode, and I want to make sure I talk about it here, and that's uh, fuel expense. So you've talked about repairs and, you know, getting a truck. Oh, we that, forgot about that one, huh? Yeah, fuel. Yeah, exactly. So that that's going to be a factor that goes into this process, right? I mean, you, you mentioned it a little bit with the weight of the truck, you know, what kind of truck you're getting. Uh, but you mentioned in a, a, another episode that getting a truck that gets five miles per gallon versus one that does seven is going to be a huge difference over, you know, again, we're talking about a half million miles here. That's a, that's a big expense, right? It is a huge expense. Um, 
you're, you're, you're looking at that difference between five miles to the gallon versus seven miles to the gallon over the course of one year is about 25,000 bucks, you know, and that's kind of varies a little bit depending on, you know, the price of fuel, um, and right. which obviously fl- fluctuates, but easily, I mean, 25,000 bucks a year. Oof. Yeah. If not more, like you yeah, said. And, that, and that's, you know, if you look at the profit of a, of a one truck trucking company at the end of a year, if, if you're missing out on 25,000 bucks of profit, that's a big chunk of, your profit. And especially, so, yeah, especially as a sole, sole proprietor or, you know, usually a, a sole owner. That's another reason to buy a truck that's a little bit newer and, and, and not as old because they're typically getting better fuel economy these days. And, um, you'll, you'll save that money that you paid up front for a little newer truck in the fuel economy over time. Okay. Uh, all right. Now I am sick and tired of waiting, Chris. I've had enough. We've talked about fuel costs and repair costs and upfront costs. I'm done. I want to know what kind of truck you bought. What, we haven't talked about the creature comforts yet. <sighs> All right. <laughs> tell me about your creature. What? Okay. Yeah. Tell me what you were looking for because this is going to tell me what uh, what kind what of kind truck, of truck you bought. I got. Okay. So this is this is a little bit of a teaser. It'll pease you for a few minutes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, you know, a couple of things that were important to me, obviously we talked a little bit about the APU. I wanted to have an APU so I could be comfortable, not have to idle my truck. You know, the uh, idling a truck, especially when the AC is running and stuff like that, you're talking at least a gallon an hour, um, almost two gallons an hour, you know, especially if the AC is running and, uh, you know, over a, a, an eight, 10 hour period. I mean, that's a lot of fuel and that's a big expense. Whereas an APU is a lot less expensive. You can still stay comfortable. Um, so that the having an APU is important. I wanted to be able to have a fridge so that I could eat relatively healthy. Um, I wasn't having to eat dinner at a truck stop every night. Um, you know, be able to have an inverter so I could recharge my computer and you know plug in my electronics, um, right. all that kind of stuff. I want to be able to have that king size bed, big flat screen TV. Um, flat screen TV, yes, king size bed. Yeah, I, I didn't buy the big huge. Uh, long RV on the end of my truck. <laughs> Maybe one of these days. But so, no. so what were your absolute must-haves? I mean, you've talked about some things that were nice to have. The fridge but, was a must-have. Uh-huh. I wanted to, if I, if I couldn't get a truck with a fridge, I was going to put a fridge in it, which you can buy them at aftermarket, obviously. So that was a must-have. An inverter was definitely a must-have. Um, and, and the APU was a must-have. Even if I bought a truck that didn't have one, I was going to have one installed. Right. And then any other nice to haves that kind of go along with all these? That yeah, you haven't mentioned? there were a few nice to have. So, you know, there's a single bunk and double bunks. I wanted to have a double bunk in case um, I wanted to bring somebody along with me or if there was ever an opportunity to team drive or anything like that. Yeah. Plus it, it makes a good shelf to be able to put things on. So a, a double bunk was important, but not a must have. Um, you know, one of the other things, it's a huge topic when buying a truck is transmission. Ah, uh, yeah. This is one that I would ask about yeah um i it's kind of funny because i i went into this whole process saying no matter what i'm gonna get a manual transmission i feel like i'd be cheating on my first truck if i bought an automatic the automatics have been become increasingly more popular over the last five years or so because um for for most people they're easier to drive um and they, they actually get a little bit better fuel economy. You know, the studies show that they get about two tenths of a gallon a mile better, which doesn't sound like a lot, but over time uh, it again, is. It, it, half million miles. Yeah, it, 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 it saves some money, you know, a couple thousand bucks at least a year in, in fuel economy, that two tenths of a, a gallon. Yeah, it reminds me of, um, I, I was reading a book by some guy who was trying to decide between getting a, a he was getting an suv to go cross country across the gobi desert or something like that and he said i want to get a mercedes and i want it to be a manual transmission and the guy who was uh, his consultant on the project said no no you want you want an automatic and he said no I, I love manual transmissions and he says you know what mercedes has been doing this a long time they know how to drive cars better than you (laughs) (laughs) he says okay fine you can well and that and that's actually one of the arguments that you know talking to some mechanics and some other experts in the industry that they make is you know with that automatic it always you know it gets better fuel economy because it always shifts at the right rpm um it's better on the transmission because it always shifts at the right rpm It, it just 
it, it, it makes a lot of sense that way. So, you know, talking to a lot of people, they had me kind of convinced that, you know, maybe that automatic transmission I could, I could live with and not feel guilty about. And so I actually went into the process of thinking, okay, you know what, I, the, I, I want, I would like to have the manual transmission still, but I probably would be okay with an automatic. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah. Any other creature comforts you want to talk about or do um, I get to ask the big question? You, I think you might be able to ask the big question now. <sighs> okay. Hang on. I want to prepare myself. All right. Drum roll. Do we yeah. need a drum roll? I don't, I don't have any drums in here. That's <laughs> Uh, it's a quiet studio, Chris. Um, all right, what'd you get? I got a 2015 Kenworth T680. Oh, a Kenworth. A Kenworth. And yeah. all the Peter guys and all the... I, uh, I know. It, I'm sorry to disappoint the Pete's and the, the Freightliner guys. <laughs> I probably won't be... I, I think the Pete guys are a little bit more diehard Pete guys than the Freightliners are. So I, I'm not sure the Freightliner people are going to be super disappointed like the Pete's will. Right. The Pete, people that like Pete's, they're pretty loyal. They're like... It's like Harley Davidson. So, I, I, I want you to break this down uh, in terms I can understand. Ford, Dodge, and Chevy. Which one's which? Ooh, that's hard. I don't what, know. What, what is a Kenworth? Um, oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't, the, the I, I way don't you're, even know how you could categorize it. The way you're it. talking about it, it sounds like Peterbilt would be the Ford of this situation with the, you know, the Ford owners are a special breed. They are, yeah. So maybe a Chevy. I don't know. Yeah. I, probably, I, I, maybe the Dodge is a Freightliner. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> this know. This is a nonsense question. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. Uh, okay, so uh, tell me a little bit more about it. So I, I got the the Kenworth T six eighty. I'm I'm actually super happy with it. It's been a great truck so far. Um, I, I got the Packard MX thirteen engine, which is it's it's interesting because the first few years it was one of those that was having trouble with the exhaust system for the first few years. But the engine that I got uh, from everything that I've seen and read, um, it, they've gotten past that and it's been reliable. hasn't had the the exhaust system issues that it was having early it, the 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 engine itself has actually been run in Europe for for a really long time has had a good history there and so you know I, I feel good about that and I got I got my manual transmission and Eaton thirteen speed manual so and so now now you're driving like a big kid I'm driving like a big kid I, I don't know the transmission really likes me a whole lot at this point because I'm still uh, <laughs> you're, you're there's yelling, too much of that you're leaning out the window yelling at the engine hey I'm a rookie yeah sorry uh, <laughs> yeah there's still a little bit too much of that if you can't find it grind it you know I, I'm getting better but I, I still have a little bit of ways to go there, there's some dirty jokes to be had in there. <laughs> I'm uh, sure there are. We'll, we'll just skip right over those. <laughs> Family uh, friendly, right? <laughs> so it, it had 477,000 miles on it when I bought it. Um, it had an APU, as I'd mentioned, inverter, all that good stuff. So it had nice. pretty much everything I want. And, nice. and you know what? I've already had some repairs on it. I had to I had to replace the batteries. Really? Yeah, and, and it, it cranked and it worked well, but the problem it was having was the inverter because the, the batteries were only able to hold about a, a 10 and a half volt um, charge. And yeah. so the inverter was thinking the batteries were dead. And so the inverter would quit work. And so I couldn't use a lot of my electronics. It would just trip the inverter. So huh. I ended up replacing all the batteries that solved that problem. Everything's working great now. Oh, that's good. All right. And uh, <laughs> you did you did text me at one point. I didn't know what kind of truck you had necessarily, but you t- texted me and said, I've had my truck for a week, and and tell us what happened. So my first run was from Salt Lake to Fort Worth, taking yogurt down to Fort Worth, and in Fort Worth I picked up a load of um, milk cartons that were delivered to a, a plant up in, in uh, northern Utah. And I was driving at like 3 o'clock in the morning between Monticello and Moab, Utah, and a deer decided to play full-on linebacker and ran. I I want to point this out. I did not hit the tr- the deer. The deer, the hit, deer you. hit me. It, it <laughs> hit literally full-blown, running per you know perpendicular to the truck, right into the driver's door. T-boned you. T-boned me. Yeah. And you and you uh, you lowered the window and said, "Hey, I'm a rookie." Hey, sorry. <laughs> no, I, there wasn't even time for that. He. After hitting the side of my truck, he went under the trailer tires, Ooh. and yeah, poor guy. Ouch. Well, okay. I <laughs> that's this is going to come up. Actually, I I, I want to bring this up again in just a second because I went as soon as you said that, I had a thought uh, that I'm going to bring up in a moment. 
but first let's wrap up. I I feel like we're we're at a place where we can wrap up. Sum up for me, Chris, if you would, the key points that people need to take out of this episode, what they're going to find in the show notes, that sort of thing. Okay, so well, the spreadsheet's going to be in the show notes. Um, I'll probably you know in the show notes just kind of do some bullet points of you know here are the things that I kind of felt like are really critical that you need to get uh, to to buy in the truck. You just you want to make sure that you don't buy a truck that is already too worn out. That's going to t- cost you a ton of money to operate. Don't be lured in by that. Hey, this one's going to be really cheap up front because I've got this theory. I've seen it happen too many times that when you do that, it bites you in the butt in the long run, just because your, um, your expenses go through the roof sure. and it just, it's hard to make money when you're doing that. So be diligent, be patient, look at a bunch of trucks and, and I looked at a ton and eventually I, when I saw the one I wanted, I knew it when, when I saw it, I knew it and it this, had what I needed. This, this might be a, a good kind of case to bring up a, 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 a use case to bring up for a partnerships, right? Where if you don't feel like, ah, you know, I don't quite have the capital necessary to get the truck that is going to get the job done. It could be that somebody with a little yeah. bit of capital could help you out and start that partnership with you. Absolutely, that's a good that's a good value a partner can bring is our finances. So you may be the brains behind the operation and the guy that's doing most of the elbow work, and, and maybe you've got a partner that helps provide some of the financing. Yeah. Very good. Well, uh, let's let's go ahead and wrap this one up. I do want to let people know what's going to be coming up, and this is what the deer made me think of. We're going to be doing an insurance episode here coming up pretty soon, and. Uh, that's that's what the deer made me think of. You were out on the road for a week. The deer takes out, uh, you know, the, the casing right yeah. on, on the side I'll, of the I'll truck. I'll put a picture of the, the the damage that the deer caused. It it wasn't extensive. It wasn't catastrophic. I, but... I've 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 been able to like I haven't actually got it repaired yet because I've been running hard. I yeah. just haven't had time to to get it repaired. But some pop rivets and some duct tape, and it's it's. It's working. making down the road. Yep. It's nice. nothing's flapping in the wind. It's all solid. Uh, but, but it's, but it's still, it's something that goes to show you never know what's going you to happen. Don't know what's it, gonna happen. You can get the shiniest truck out there and, uh, you know, Bambi's going to tag the side of that thing and suddenly left its mark Yeah, and, and some hair. There's still some hair. You know, yeah. On Boy, the truck. This, this got dark. Yeah. This episode got dark. Okay. Uh, but another thing that, that I want to I guess do, it wouldn't be hair. It'd be fur. Well, Bambi fur. That doesn't make it any less dark. No, I'll tell you. Um, One thing I'd like to do is revisit the truck and and how it's doing and everything in, I don't know, eight, 12 months, something like that. Yeah, I think at the year, I think that's a really good thing. I think we'll we'll look at it. We'll we'll look at all the expenses, like the repair expenses we've we've spent, how much fuel economy we've got with it, how much we spent. So at, at the year mark, I plan on doing that. We'll kind of, you know, was this a good decision? You know, would we have been better off buying something even newer or should we even, you know, would we be okay buying something older? Right. Yeah, that'll be interesting stuff. And and uh, hopefully, yeah, you know, everybody will be following along with us as we uh, get closer and closer to that uh, and talk about those numbers. So if you are not yet, please subscribe to this podcast on whatever service works best for you. We're available on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and, and all of them. So Check us out there, and uh, if you enjoy what we do, please be kind and leave a review. They they help us quite a bit, uh, and of course, share this with anybody who you think uh, you know it might be valuable for. Uh, Chris, anything else that we want to mention? I think that's good. I, I now we just be dragging it out. Okay, uh, last one: HollandAssetsLLC.com for the show notes. Got to get that in one last time. One last time. Okay, Chris, I'll see you next time. Sounds great.